0: comic fam it's been a damn minute but we're back with the bags and boards podcast number 36 and i'm at the table with not just my good friend not just an overstreet price guide advisor but we're here with jeff the golden age guru you put up the shelves in here man i appreciate
1: it yeah that was the last thing i last time i really saw it and that was the only thing in here so all this uh, extra flair kind of nice man well people don't know that the last
0: studio that we were in was under some very strenuous conditions. You know, we were in a garage. We had lawnmowers going at random times of the day, children playing. Um, I was like the mean neighbor. I can't even tell you how many times I left the house to be like, hey, kids, can you please just... Go kick the ball over there. I'm, I'm recording things. I got John boy Myers on the line and legit, man, I had to be like, John boy, man, I'm just doing this on my garage and they're, 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 they're playing out there. I'll be right back. Just give me 10 minutes. You know, I'm like paying off the landscapers to go start the lawn trimming over there because I just got to get this take done. But I digress. We're in a new studio. I'm at the table with a homie and we we're both vaccinated, which is really exciting. Start doing this more often.
1: Yeah, I mean, okay, that last place was a bit difficult. It was unheated and uncool. Oh, yeah, the temperature. That's another thing to mention. Yeah, on top of the surrounding neighbors, we had to deal with the elements. And then, yeah, I got my first vaccine. And, like, dude, I got to tell you, I haven't told you yet. For the last three, four days, I took it, like, five days ago, I have, like, this numbness tingling into my fingers. So I'm getting, like, this weird side effect I have to now address. I've been waiting for a phone call back all day. Dude, you got to
0: get your vaccine no matter what. The side effects go away. It's worth it, right? Like, let's make sure to make that clear. But, man, the first day after getting my vaccine, I was out. Oh, can you let Butch in? Butch, the comic gato, sometimes he demands to be in here. And if he wants to be on the show, he's on the show. Some members even say, like, oh, bring the cat on the show more. And... You can't make the cat be on the show. First off, that's like borderline animal abuse. You can't make your cat do anything. Your cat decides what it's going to do. He essentially owns this place. Do um, you want to come up here, buddy? We'll see. He, he's going to bug you, dude, so I'll, I'll try to get him up here. That's all but, right, man. I
1: got a couple cats. I'm good.
0: But um, the – oh, come on, buddy. Um, the elements of the last place were horrendous. In the summer, it was too hot. In the winter, it was too cold. Um, and we were chatting about vaccines because – in my new place, I'm not having those types of issues anymore. But when I did get my vaccine, the next day was so brutal. I wasn't sick, but I was hot. I was really hot, regardless of the temperature in the place. It was like normal conditions. And I felt so lackadaisical, like lazy. I was like, pip the troll in it, you know, get me a loincloth status, Um, you know, break out the marshmallows, have some s'mores during infinity gauntlet. And I literally couldn't do anything for a solid 48 hours. It was like I was drunk, but I wasn't, but I wanted to be because I'm like minus well at that point because of how weird I felt. It was almost like a depression, but not being depressed. It was very interesting. And I couldn't lift my arm up. My arm was so sore. Did you get the soreness at all?
1: I had a little bit of soreness in my arm for like two days, day and a half. Something like someone just punched it really hard and that's about it. And then all of a sudden just this tingling started happening. And so, I don't know. Outside of that, no temperatures yet. I have to get round two. So, I'm a little concerned if round one caused like this weird tingly. I don't know what's going to happen around two. You're going
0: to feeling your toes what's going to happen. But you know what? We're back in the studio chilling with my homies. Like and we do day. kick it like every oh single day. day. And we are now going to be chatting about a bunch of comic book stuff, uh, expensive paper. If you're watching this on youtube comic fam well make sure to hit the subscribe button slap the like button we got a giveaway on deck we'll do one at some point in the video but this podcast is available on soundcloud spotify stitcher and itunes and we got a lot of fun stuff planned you know we're gonna showcase some stuff that we just got you know we're continually trying to bring a little bit of the stuff that we're dealing with throughout the week that kind of comes and goes You know, we get comics and they're gone sometimes. Sometimes they stick around. But I'm trying to encourage the members to bring them here, especially you, Jeff. Uh, Spice it up. Introduce the comic fans some awesome things they don't typically get to see. And you brought a stack of books that are so impressive today. Some of the best books that I've seen since starting the show. And I'm talking about even, like, the stuff we brought for the variant shows that we did. And I'm talking about, like, Eris. Shout out to him. um, Where we... Covered the table in Bronze Age goodness, multiple Hulk 181s. Talking about the Golden Age show, where we had like, you know, early action and a ton of first appearances that are just super expensive that I don't even get to see more than the convention scene. And with the convention scene having been long gone, basically forgotten until at some point in the year. You've been to some conventions, it sounds like. Um, I'm excited to see them back at the table, is my point. So we're gonna get into some fun things. We have uh, some stuff to show the comic fam. And the heart of the conversation is going to be about collection finds, ones that we've traveled to, you know, put some miles in on the car, some airline miles, you know, packing some luggage. We're going to get into it. We've chatted with some members of the community. We reached out to some friends in the dealer circle. I reached out to Very Gary. Shout out. Talked to the comic sensei, Russ Bright. We got some good stories here. And we also have some comic books that members – need to know about but i'm not talking about like the og members the advanced members who know their overstreet guide from front and back. I'm talking about the new members, the more novice collectors, members who aren't looking to drop a crazy amount of money on comics that are underappreciated and undervalued for quite a long time. So let's get into it with the first thing I wanted to show you, Jeff, Um, Comics Pro Line. This is a company out in Canada. They make some dynamite bags and boards. We actually get all of our bags. We do like the two mil bags for the mystery mail call comictom101.com to join that. We're in the May open enrollment. Every single member gets a Sabine Rich She-Hulk variant of Woman of Marvel issue number one. And we get this comment a lot, like, dude, what bags do you use? Because we get the thicker bags because we want them to present super well to our community. Got to go all out, you know? Shout out to the MMC members. This right here is from the company. Shout out Tony. He's our, our bag and board dealer. And this guy... Whenever I talk to him, dude, because, you know, like I used to, you know, used to dabble with some some pot in like high school and stuff, you know, back before it was legal in Washington state. And I'm getting like flashbacks to having to to secure that kind of thing from back in the day when I talked to this gentleman, because whenever I talk to him, it's like talking to a drug dealer. He's like, oh, dude, you're not going to believe it, man. These new bags we just got. We just added the resealable. When you take that strip off. The sound, just the sound of that strip, it's, it's going to just come right off. It's going to be beautiful. And and all the boards. Dude, talking to him about boards is like, there's, I don't even want to pretend to know the different thickness, like off the cuff, but he just will start riffing about how you just need to get the thicker board with the certain gloss. And, and oh, it just came out. It's going to change the market. And Tony knows what I'm talking about because it's legit. Like when you see some of these products that they're creating out there, it does enhance the comic um, uh like to a dramatic extent. They released clear plastic boards. Now, this is an amazing product. It's not something for every single comic book. They're expensive. It's like over a buck a board, you know? And why would you pay a buck a board, right? Well, it's because of this right here. I have a comic from the PC I wanted to show you, Jeff. Take a look at this. This is from Denmark. You know, I love me some foreign books, but this has a hard plastic backer and you can explain what the comic to the comic fam to our audio listeners what you're seeing here
1: all right so we got a dracula uh, number eight where's this from it's from denmark It's in denmark okay and the back cover see that's what i like about these foreign books man they got a great front cover and a great back cover and this is a cool painted cover it's got like this melted swamp thing creature and then uh, like it's a, ridiculous a female 2 face almost yep on here, and it's just a it's a cool book, but this clear board, the reason I can see it is because it's got a clear backing board, so I get to enjoy the front and the back, and I don't have to take it out to see the condition fully. I mean, I, I would anyway. I'm, by the way, pro tip, I don't care if there's in, in this or not. If I'm going to grade a book, I'm going to take it out of this freaking thing. Absolutely. You got to, man. And I did that. I went to the I just went to a convention for like a one-day convention I didn't expect to. I, I didn't even know how I felt about conventions. How did
0: it feel when you were there?
1: It felt amazing. It felt so good to be on a con floor again with people enjoying the hobby. I miss it, Okay, man. yeah, and you will miss it when you get there. But I also felt overwhelmed because seeing all these books and the market and the prices that they're at all in one place was really hard for me to compute and understand what was a good value to purchase, okay? I mean, I still bought stuff, but it was it was different. It felt so different because it's been so long. And now to have it all there at one time, And all these prices of where they're at now was sticker shock all over the place, and trying to understand it and like compute what's happening.
0: It's like you have to go to a convention. I'm I'm assuming because I haven't been to one. I don't even know if I'm going to go to one this year. You know, there's like variants to the virus and all that kind of stuff. So I'm still making the decision. Um, December, I believe, is Emerald City, and New York is still planned, um, and also San Diego is planned as well. And I think actually, no,
1: SDCC is not happening. It's not? I don't think it's happening. For some I was, reason, I
0: thought that it was happening uh, a month before, but I could be wrong.
1: Fact check us down in the comments section. Let us know if SDCC is happening.
0: Man, I, it would be really nice to be able to go to New York. I really want to go. But it's oh, like I'm imagining that if it is across the board, as you described, which I would assume it is because prices have never been like this. This is comic history um, being made weekly almost, that you kind of have to go into these uh, show floors with an idea of what you're shopping for a bit more, you know, you're either looking for something in particular and you already know the price and you're going to pay what the going rate is because you're hoping that it's going to go up or on this book that no one was specking on. You got to find something that no one's specking on something that no one's thinking about. Um, and this particular book is in my PC and I wanted to bring it out to you to show you something. Cause I knew you went to a convention recently, something that was told to me by Tony was, Uh, dealers who are getting these they're starting to put the clear backer on the front of the comic now the reason why they're doing that is because when they put it on the show floor what he told me was he's trying they're trying to prevent the pokers from poking the book and you are an advocate of preaching to as many people as you can to never poke a comic book and we did a convention Um, etiquette video a while back that really made its rounds i'm surprised how often that video is used but man you really went in on the pokers
1: yeah pokers are just somebody who will come to your wall let's say you're a dealer and they feel that they need to physically touch the book on the wall to prove a point to a friend family member, whoever is accompanying them, because Dude. that's what it's always, it's always like, you feel it. oh, though. I have this book.
0: Don't you feel it a little bit though, when you're like looking at a book and you're like excited about it, you kind of want to touch it, but you, you know
1: that you gotta, you gotta keep your hands. It's not it. your book. Don't yeah, poke don't it. Because when you poke that book, A, you're potentially damaging it. B, you're shaking the entire freaking wall. Okay. Because these things are generally made of like PVC piping.
0: <laughs> we could do a whole show about the, uh, like ways people make their walls and how it's basically put together with shoestrings, sometimes string cheese, you know, they're like literally stringing the cheese out and they're tying it. And, uh, you know, all right, everything's great as long as you don't touch it or blow on it.
1: Yeah. And I don't, I don't think putting a plastic clear plastic on the front is going to help with the poking. It might help the poke, but I think it's going to shake more of the wall cause it's a wider solid base. But regardless, I get it. What I was trying to say the, when I was telling you about the con is that I met somebody who had a clear plastic on the back at the okay. con and he, I asked him to take out the book and he looked at me like, well, that's why I have a clear plastic on there. It's like, yeah, that's great. I get to see the front and back cover, but I need to count the pages. I need to check the interiors. I got to see what else is going on. So oh, was I'm like, dealing
0: with someone who knows their stuff. Yeah. Oh, but I graded it. I was like,
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't care, man. Like I need to look at the book myself,
0: but for the PC though, maybe not to protect the wall from falling down. It may actually add some problems with your wall, but for the PC man, it looks so dope, and um the when you take the the board out of the case to you know because it's only come in like I think it's like five to a case, um, you actually have to remove the plastic from it because they put a thin plastic layer over the board so that it stays shiny and stays clear, so anyways, I definitely recommend it um, and this isn't sponsored or anything. I just um we use them for our mastery mail call, and I really dig this product. I put all my foreigns in there, I decided that I didn't for those of you who don't know, I am collecting um, a full set, a full set of tomb of Dracula one. It started with that one right there, man, that you got me. We watched it get graded, my man. Well, actually we watched another one and you replaced it because it that had a white pager on it and you promised, you said, yo, if you, if I get a white pager, I will swap it out for the price. And you did me the honor of swapping it out. However, that book is not as nice as the other one.
1: Yeah, it's you became a paper snob. and I did, I, did. I, I blame myself <laughs> for that a little bit.
0: Well, I'm looking at it, and I'm like, damn, you know, the print is uh, it's a little off, you know. It's beautiful. It's white pages. I, I like it more. It's worth more money. But damn, that book that we saw get graded is gorgeous. And you hooked me up with the white pager, and I'm very happy with it. But that started a whole avalanche of, now I want to get a full foreign set from every country that did it. I have uh, s- copies from Spain. I have an Australian copy. Of course the copy from Denmark and the hunt still continues it's a tough book man all of them
1: it is a very very tough book <laughs> he's trying no, to do it it is but I can't I'm not calling that a tough book man I mean like foreign tough how about how that? many
0: and for, the foreigns are tough but the tombs how many tombs did you get just in this last week because okay for those of you who don't know I have a dealer account I let my homies my homies That we kick it like every day day. And they all use the same dealer account So that we can, you know, save on Save on everything And Russ also used the same account He's actually getting his on here pretty soon But this dude hits me up and he goes Dude, did you see how many Tomb of Dracula ones That that freaking Golden Age guru submitted to CGC? Damn! How many did you get in the last couple weeks?
1: Well, it just got to my mailbox today So I couldn't pick it up yet And I thought I submitted five or six. I got one nine eight and like two nine sixes a nine four. So I'm really specking on that bronze age timeframe and nine eights.
0: That's where my head is at right now. I'm looking for bronze age.
1: Yeah. And nine six, even nine eights, but those picture frame marbles, which is like a picture frame Marvel, which we'll show an example later is um, a comic. That's got that picture type frame where the, all the actions in a little window, Right. But that time frame of like the early 70s, 71, 72, it's like mostly all black covers and the print run was less than like in 74. So it's just a really sweet spot with new uh, new uh, characters being developed and just a huge explosion of the Marvel's universe. So I love that time frame. Trying to find my nine-eighths and um, as I'll, I'm going to keep as many as I can because really right now just... Letting go of any blue chip key is like, what's the point? You can't replace it within a week.
0: That's right, man. It's not, it's not how it used to be. Actually, let's get into some books that are tough to replace, some books that we brought to the table. Um, I have some books that, you know, I, I, I took some books out, and I thought, hey, I wanted to share this with the comic fam. These are some that I recently got in. They happen to all be spec books. And then you told me what you were bringing And they're all spec books as well. They're all investment books, and we're going to show them to the comic fam. So let's actually get into it. The first one that I wanted to show off to the community is kind of in theme for a big reveal later in the conversation. Stay tuned to the end of the video because Jeff brought a giant book. And I'm not talking about giant size. Giant size is small compared to what he brought to the table today. But I have a copy of Green Lantern number 20, and you'll notice that barcode, my brother. I'm all in on the newsstands. I'm just, I'm hunting for them. Some of these modern books are just too available. There's too many of them. And going after the newsstand, likely under 10% of the market in a 9.8 is looking just, I'm I'm aggressive on it. I, I really want to secure those over the standard copy for the most part when the book is a couple hundred bucks. And we have the first appearance of one of my favorite superheroes, happens to be a Green Lantern from Puerto Rico. We have Jessica Cruz and we know that HBO is coming. Um, A Green Lantern series is in development and the slate of characters included Jessica Cruz. And this is a book that I've been purchasing, finding in dollar bins for over a decade now. Can you believe it? It's been a decade since the new 52.
1: Yeah. I mean, like you're speaking another language to me when you're talking about like (laughs) this type of time frame. But um, so this came out in 2013. It's like a square bound.
0: Yeah, it's thick. And, you know, she only appears in, like, a one-panel cameo. But it's a great book, and it's one that I'm specking on. I felt like it was a good one to get. What's the current
1: market on 9.8 White?
0: You know, 9.8 White, couple hundred bucks. Not, it's pretty affordable, but the newsstand doesn't come up very often. So when I saw one, I may have paid, like, an extra $100 for it. But I haven't seen one since. That is graded at 9.8. Um, now, you also brought some really cool ones, and I'm very excited to chat with you about this. What did you get?
1: So I've been specking on Shang-Chi. For knowing that, you know, it's obviously in the works and coming for a while. So I've been putting away really nice copies and slowly submitting them. Because the submission process process takes time and I keep getting more. What
0: would you think of the trailer, man? And I'm pulling up prices just while I chat. Just keep talking.
1: Yeah, no, I I dug the trailer. I mean, it looks like a cool action flick. And hopefully it's got a good story. And if you know it's MCU, you know there's going to be things in there to really, um, I don't know, make it exciting for everybody. And they're going to throw in characters that you didn't expect. So I'm pretty... I'm ready for any really MCU movie. And I think this hits just at the right time where more people are going to be going to the theater to watch it. I think Black Widow just kind of missed its window, unfortunately.
0: The one thing that I was actually really excited about of the Shang-Chi trailer was that they changed the origin completely from the comics. I was wondering how they were going to do that because it's not the the best use of integrating a different culture in comic books back then, you know is kind of some would say it's very stereotyped i would say that and this narrative of shang chi being raised as a fighter being trained by the death dealer but then growing up uh, i believe the line in the in the show in the trailer was a 10 year gap where he left whether he ran away or was like you know sent away to go live a life himself he has to be brought back back, back to his roots, back to his origins, back to becoming the master of Kung Fu. And that's why the narrative is showing him in civilian life. It makes it make way more sense, especially considering that we got the Mandarin coming in, you know, the 10 rings that are more like bracelets. That's what I loved.
1: I love seeing it magical too. How cool is that? Yeah. I love seeing the variation from rings to bracelets like that. I mean, that was pretty dope. And I don't want to get into the whole like stereotypical, this stereotype, that like, I don't even, it's like, for me, it's just, it's a movie. It's about Kung Fu, so I'm not really sure what the expectations would have been for somebody to, to learn then, Kung Fu.
0: for sure. You like, know. come
1: on. But the fact that they also mention a dragon, from what I understand. Dude, can you imagine if we see it? The Kirby goodness. Dude, I, I can't imagine it. I, I have this vision, and it's glorious, Tom. I'm freaking telling you, it's going to be... It's like seeing the dragon from Dragon Ball Z for the very first time when they got the Dragon Balls together. You're like, "Oh my god, there it is." Got to Kim I forgot his name.
0: You're Sorry. you're forgetting it in this moment.
1: Yes, I am, but it's Fang,
0: Fang, Phone no, Baby. No, the
1: dragon from Dragon Ball Z when you see him for the first time for you Dragon Ball Z fans. Like, you, you'll know what I'm talking about. But yes, Fing Fang Foom, man. Like,
0: you see him on this freaking screen. I'm going to lose my shit, dude. <laughs> I'm going to be freaking out, man. I want to see some Fing Fang Foom. And uh, Green Lantern 20, uh, newsstand, 200 bucks, sold February 18th. I think that's my copy, to be honest. So uh, there you go. You can get a probably a non newsstand for 100, 150. So uh, we are talking about Master Kung Fu, though. Super Marvel edition special Super Marvel edition issue number 15 first appearance And i'm looking at a freaking stack here an aggressive stack you are being very aggressive on the Purchasing of these in high grade And dude i'm seeing two nine eights and multiple nine sixes Um, let's chat about the nine eights. I want to chat with you about the nine sixes I want to talk about the differences in grade. What can we learn from this because this is a difficult book in high grade
1: Yeah, though. I have this many it is a tough book in high grade and like, don't let this take away from that. I just happen to really um, be heavy on this, <laughs> look, so I have. Look at that, dude! <laughs> five nine sixes here, all white pagers, okay, and then we have two nine eights, uh, one white pager, one off white white. And let's take a look at these guys.
0: Okay, I remember we saw a seventy five hundred dollars sale in February for a nine point eight. We also saw a sixty seven hundred dollars sale right before the trailer dropped which was a I thought was a great purchase and then today as we're filming we're seeing a new price it broke 10k dude a 9.8 hit
1: what 13500 I think 21 bucks I c- holy smokes dude yeah. that's crazy man yeah. that's nuts and well deserved if you look at all the other books at this time frame okay I mean if you're looking at Marvel Spotlight 5s you're looking at Werewolf by 9.32s. I mean, you're talking, I'm I'm thinking a Marvel Spotlight 5 and 9.8 could be possibly an $80,000 book. Oh, I believe it. And we're going to actually talk about
0: that book here pretty soon. Um, We have a stack of 9.6s and two 9.8s. March 16th, a 9.6 went for $3,100. I think that's low, especially with this new price at the 9.8 set. This is going to be, I I think, a $5,000 book here. How, how does that sound to you?
1: The nine six, yeah. You said five k, yeah. I think this maybe higher. I mean, with yeah. the thirteen thousand dollar nine eight, I'll tell you, like I would have sold my nine six for five k um, before this sale. After the sale, I'm not selling it for five k. I probably put seventy five hundred on it.
0: Yeah. Okay. Oh, so this nine six price, the thirty one hundred was pre trailer dropping. So.
1: Oh, this one, yeah, the yeah. ninth, yeah, no, that was what that March,
0: March sixteenth, uh, sixteenth, yeah, yeah. So this is weeks ago. That's how quick this moves. Just in a couple of weeks. So I'm looking at five nine sixes and two nine eights, and I thought this was a fun thing that we can compare it to. We can put some pictures on the screen here because really, at first glance, they look the same. You're really looking for. The differences here, and it's hard to tell. But there are some differences, and we can learn from that. So looking at these 9.6s, right before the show, I noticed that that black cover is so tough to get without having any imperfections. Really, at the top of one of these, there's a, a tiny scuff. Really, it's like some markings on the spine, maybe a little dirt, but it is so difficult to see the differences in your opinion, based off of your grading of these books that a lot of people will never even see in person, let alone in a nine, eight ever own a nine, eight with only three sales that are publicly seen in the la- in this last few months, what is your analysis on this particular book? Because not all books experience the same types of problems because this is a thicker book. It's a black cover and it's super scarce. I mean, Red I to hell.
1: Yeah, I don't know about thicker. It's just a regular size.
0: Is it? Is it normal size? Yeah. Some reason I thought it was a little thicker. Maybe no, no I no, could just, be wrong.
1: Yeah, it's just a regular standard um, comic book from that time frame. Um, you know, looking at these books, obviously there's different imperfections all across each of these. Um, some of these have the staples offset, and which I think was pretty common with this book. They weren't just only on the spine. They are, they're actually offset quite a bit, and we'll, we'll show some pictures of that, and you can take a look. So I think it might have hindered some of the grades because... Offset as in, like,
0: it's not really on the it's not edge on the of the spine. spine. It's, like, on the cover a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it's it on the it, cover by enough. Some, enough, especially with the black, to cause problems around the staple where it was inputted.
1: Yeah, and that doesn't necessarily affect the grade because it's production. But because of the way it lays and if anyone opened it, it creates more problems um, to the cover, which can also cause issues. So I have a couple of that... Um, Taking a look at some of these, it's really, like you mentioned, hard to tell the difference. I have a 9.8 here that I question is, well, what does it take to be a 9.9? You know, because it's... It's that,
0: it's that nice.
1: Right. And then I have a 9.8 here that's a 9.8. And then I have a 9.6, so I'm just like, maybe it can be a 9.8 with a little more of a dry clean and a press, because um, it's that finite. And it's obviously, it's harder to tell because they're already encapsulated. Sure. But some of these are so borderline. Um, I feel blessed just to have the two nine eights. Um, I do. because Especially
0: after today, man, they just upped in value. They're both, there's 26 K sitting on the table right now.
1: Yeah. Look, I had my, and they I, won't
0: be here long, so don't try to find my address.
1: <laughs> yeah. 1600. Was <laughs> um, it Uh 1600 uh, Pennsylvania Avenue? There you go. <laughs> Check it out. But more seriously, like I've I faith in this book because there's no reason it shouldn't, you know, reach levels of others at this point. And uh, seeing 13 and a half is, you know, it's a start. It really is because that seven and a half that it was in the six thousand seven hundred just doesn't sound right. A nine eight book from this time frame there you for go. a character like this who really, you know, I think they they you know screwed the pooch with Iron Fist, and um, I think they have to roll with Shang Chi for now, and I think um, that's going to bring a lot of attention to this character and rightfully so. And Iron Fist that might actually be, by the way, a good spec to get into at some point. It's really low.
0: He'll be back for sure.
1: Yeah, he'll have to be back. Whether it's that
0: particular version of Iron Fist, there's a handful of them. We've seen that happen where a different version still hypes up another blue chip key. Uh, Case in point, Captain America Avengers 4 with Falcon and Winter Soldier at an you know causing major spec to happen and you know all these types of plays heck omega red was being specked on heavily We saw avenger 4 numbers shoot up like we've never seen and Yeah, will we see an old man cap? Maybe but it's not likely we're gonna see steve rogers cap anytime soon Maybe a flashback not enough to cause a book like avengers 4 to skyrocket like it has
1: like Working waves like there's books that people are getting into and then there's the books that they're not getting into because they've gone There for a moment and they'll come back. Avengers 4 was stagnant not too long ago. AF-15 sat stagnant for a year.
0: We gotta now. we gotta chat about AF-15 at some point. Not today. We'll get them, we'll get some in here to, to chat about. But we had a really fun conversation at C2E2 in 2019. And I was like, damn, dude, this is a great time to buy this book. Like I think that these are good prices. People weren't buying them. And you told me, you're like, dude, this is this is the time to get them. They're low. This is a low price. Buy-in for a book that at the time seemed high. Well, some books that I just purchased recently I probably bought a little too late But I got tired of talking about them on the damn mic so often. Are you caught up on Mandalorian? I'm caught up on Mando All right, dude, Rosario Dawson season two Ahsoka Tano It was amazing. I'm not even a big Star Wars guy like members who've been following the channel for quite a long time They'll know that I grew up with Star Trek on the mind Chatting about it with my dad and all of his friends. We weren't talking about Star Wars growing up. I grew up with a life-size cutout of Captain Picard in the kitchen. Whenever I ate dinner, I got Captain Picard looking at me in the corner. And most people would kind of get weirded out by it. And they did. When they came over and we had friends over, they'd be like, "Damn, yeah, that's a little awkward. But I grew up with, you know, Sir Patrick Stewart in my kitchen. For good reason. I got into Star Wars way more this year than ever. Ever before, like over this past year, especially through pandemic, I went through the OG four, five, or excuse me, yeah, four, five, and six uh, movies. I went through the prequels, and although they weren't great, I definitely had a new respect for them, and The Mandalorian really took me there. I had to get these books. I'm not going to miss out on Ahsoka Tano. Had I, knew, had I known Ahsoka Tano a bit more, and the legacy and the Clone Wars stuff, that really spiraled through the animation films that, or the show, the series that I'm now into, I would have gone all in on Ahsoka Tano's first appearance way before everyone else really caught the bug, but I just wasn't as into it. So I was reporting on numbers and seeing these books spike, and I knew it would get hot, but I didn't really as- realize how hot it would get. Hearing her say, Grand Admiral Thrawn, that she was hunting for him, looking for him, pfft, mind blown. So, I secured uh, two different 9.8s. We have uh, Kane and Last Padawan, issue number one, first cameo appearance of Sabine Wren and Ezra Bridger. And then also issue number six, first full appearance of both characters. And I actually notice here on the CGC label, they don't put any indication on issue number six. I think this is the book to spec on. There's a full appearance. They're kind of briefly introduced in issue number one. I bought them both for a grand. And... Issue number one is going for right around 300 bucks. Issue number six going for right around 600 bucks. So, you know, add it up, gets close to a grand. Um, issue number one actually has the first appearance listed where issue number six doesn't, but hot damn issue number six is selling better. Take a look at those. So I'm thinking, you know, if, if there's some star Wars spec to be had a Tano, I mean, it, she's part of that triad. Like they're, they're, Together, whenever you um, see those, these narratives, they just go hand in hand. And when you have Grand Admiral Thrawn in the mix, it only makes sense to get their homies. I'm gonna use the hell out of the soundboard, comic fam. Just get used to it. We just getting started.
1: <laughs> yeah, man. Look, you know, if you're, you're talking about Star Wars characters, and they aren't the first cast. I'm like, it's a little over my head. So, you know, Sukatano. I keep my
0: uh, DD blaster I think is what it is I I apologize to the Star (laughs) Wars fans in advance It's only gonna get worse
1: (laughs) all alright man Alright so like for me like this original cast is what I know And grew up with And uh, still haven't been impressed much with anything else But Mando is telling such a good story because I've been nothing but let down, I'll be honest with you. So I'll tell you where I'm at with you know most of this. But when a TV show like that crushes it and can tell a story and make me interested in characters like that, I mean, I'm, I'm 110% in um, on the on the storytelling. Now, I don't know Ahsoka Tano um, other than I've seen her on the covers and whatever, so I don't know if she was represented the way everyone wanted or not, but everyone seems to be hyped. Um, and I'm still loving the show. I'm excited for next season. Uh, so we're supposed
0: to hear like um, get introduced to some wikis in season three, apparently.
1: All right. As long as they keep going in the right direction, I'm in. You're you, for me. You're saving Star Wars. I 110 think you're saving Star Wars with the Mandalorian show.
0: All right, comic fam. I want to get into some comic books that are underappreciated. I want to get into some comic books that you may not know about, and if you are a newer member of the community, and you're not really looking to drop a grand on a book or, you know, go 13 grand into a 9.8, master of Kung Fu, we, we have some other comics in the community that are worth taking a look at. Dude, it's not all about big money in comics. It's not all about spending money. It's about reading. It's about, you know, collecting and collecting isn't always about money as well. Sometimes you want books just because they're awesome and they mean something to you. You have those types of books in your collection.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, if I want to read a book, um, I'm not going to read my vintage book. I'm, I'll read the reprint of the collectible, sure. okay, or I'll wait for the trade paperbacks to come out because I just want to read it. Um, I think there's room for both.
0: But what about a collectible that you purchased that may not be super expensive, but yeah, you keep it in your PC because it means something to you?
1: Oh, man, absolutely. I got a, what is it, like an... Um, Uh, The ultimate x-men graphic novel made out to jeff
0: (laughs) like like it's like a sign i have
1: like comics from when i was a kid that are like beat up to heck you Mm -hmm. know i mean absolutely there's things you know i i loved a series called low that image did i bought artwork for that because i and i have the trade paperbacks i loved what image was putting out at the time i have a ton of trades that i really enjoyed to read So absolutely.
0: So I wanted to take some opportunity throughout our podcast and we'll keep this going. Comic fam, let me know in the comment section below what you think about this. I want to showcase some books that you can find on the hunt. You know, if you're a new collector, maybe a dollar, you know, 50 cent, even some that aren't even on key collector because key collector has a a certain threshold of what Makes its way onto the app because it's got to be a collectible. It's got to be a key, right? Um, so these books, you're not you're gonna be able to find on eBay for under five bucks. I think one of them they're starting to be listed for fifteen. But that's how some of these go. You know, they start to become more favorable in the community because members are buying them, and then they go, "Oh damn, what's going on with that one?" Yeah, I need that. And I want to chat about those books because today we're chatting Marvel Age comic books. Okay, Marvel Age comic books. How would you even describe this, Jeff? Because this is like a I mean, they they are comics because they are comic sized, but they're, and sometimes they actually they have previews of books in them with, with actual pages of stories. One of the books that we're going to chat about here actually has pages of a story, um, but they're kind of like a solicitation, if anything.
1: Yeah. So I'm just looking at this list that you're talking about. So we're not even talking about multiple different books. We're talking about just all in one title even. So this is just going to be the title Marvel Age.
0: Yeah. Marvel Age. And we have a handful of them that I wanted to point out to the members.
1: Yeah. Like you mentioned, it's a solicitation. It's like a preview guide. You know, it's talks about the industry of what's coming, kind of a hype book almost.
0: But it's in comic form, which makes it an awesome collectible. It fits in your long box. And really, that is a thing that matters. While some members may not know that Boba Fett's first appearance, although many spec and the money goes to in mass to Star Wars 42, because that's his first like comic sized appearance. It's the magazine. What is that? Uh, The special Marvel edition 16, I believe that that's the one that he actually debuted in CGC will put the first appearance on the magazine, not Star Wars 42. I find it interesting, but comic size matters to collectors. And that's why that 42 goes for so much money, regardless of what CGC says. Marvel special
1: edition 16.
0: Thank you. That's what it is. Yeah. It's because we're talking about the Marvel super special here. (laughs) All right. Well, we're chatting about Marvel Age right now. Comic-sized solicitations. The first book we're going to chat about is Marvel Age 33 that debuted in 1985 in December. And this is notable because X-Factor 1 would be solicited in this Marvel Age comic book, marketing it the first appearance of X-Factor in a solicitation on the cover of the old team that debuted in Uncanny X-Men number one. So... X Factor would debut in February the following year. And this is a notable team up because it included the old team, but a very important character that hadn't been seen in quite some time. Why was this so important in comics?
1: Well, when you talk about old team, we got to remember it's the angel, okay? It's Iceman, Beast, Cyclops, and Gene Gray.
0: That's right. And the death of Gene Gray is one akin to like Gwen Stacy. You don't mess with the death of Gwen Stacy, right? You don't mess with the death of Green Jean Grey. And to Chris Claremont's chagrin, they they did bring her back. And in issue number 33 of Marvel Age, they had the task of the solicitation of an upcoming title, but... I think they were hit with the problem of we can't reveal that Gene Grey's back. Like people don't expect us to do this and they're going to be upset. Like there's going to be a split. There's going to be a divide in the community. So they had to come up with a really unique way to communicate this. And we have a letter from the editor essentially that was, it must've been written just months prior to the re- release of X Factor one, because it was fresh. You know, he's chatting about the creative process. We have Mike Carlin And they had a very unique way of keeping this secret under wraps. All right. You wanna take a look at this thing? Describe what you're looking at here, Jeff. We pulled up a a page of it. Okay.
1: X-Factor, classified guys. Dun, dun, dun. So what What does this look like? the heck is that?
0: All right, so you're looking at right now like (laughs) a sheet that's from like the FBI, CIA, right? And it's been redacted to all hell. Like, let me read you some of these uh, these quotes I wrote down for this bit. So the mutant report, it says classified. We'd like to tell you that there is, you know, we'd like to tell you all there is to know about X Factor, but we can't. It's just too big of a... Uh, of an occasion, too momentous, uh, too surprising of a reveal. So here's like a line from the article. And this is just the writer speaking. You got to assume he just wrote this out. It doesn't actually look like it was planned to be redacted. He said, who are the members exactly? Beast, the angel, Iceman, Cyclops, and blank. (laughs) Basically, the discovery of blank blank will be the catalyst for blank for the X factor forming. And the meeting will leave Scott Summers emotionally devastated because of blank, blank. I mean, there are literally lines upon lines. There's like eight lines right here on the screen that Jeff's looking at of just blocks of black that they redacted. And this is probably my favorite part.
1: Dude, this is some of the dumbest blankety blank stuff I've ever seen. Like, come on, you got to be drinking your own Kool-Aid. If you're going to be publishing an article and redacting lines, like, give me a break. Just don't put it up if you can't. Like, I mean, look at this.
0: We have an image of the team, but they couldn't
1: reveal the whole team. Right. Beast is not furry, so whatever. Uh, But who do you think that is? So
0: we we have Cyclops, Beast, Angel, and Iceman, of course. But then we have the silhouette of Jean Grey. Clearly, like Scott Summer's arm is around her, but they just like Photoshopped her out. And back then they probably just cut her out of the page and just put green over her. But this is a cool book. It's a dollar bin book. I find it fascinating that they redacted a bunch of stuff. There's a little bit more history to it. And, yeah, it's the first appearance of the X Factor, the the third new team, if you would. (laughs) All right. So Marvel Age 74, we have Moon Knight on the cover. But looking at this solicitation, what do you see? Because it does have a preview for a very important West Coast Avengers story in issue
1: 45. Yeah, like, look, West Coast Avengers is a cover swipe from Avengers 57, okay? Vision's first appearance. But we get to see him white. All right. But here he solicited as being all red.
0: That's right. Well, they didn't want to give it away.
1: I I don't I don't know. I just don't think they knew because the red is kind of cool. But I wonder if it's like too ominous or maybe felt too like Mephisto or maybe they just weren't sure. Are we going with the red, the white? Um, I'm not sure why you would put even red at all um, if you weren't thinking about red.
0: I don't think that they, I think they knew. I mean, at this, at this point, the book was already drawn, you know, this is months prior to release. So they made him read to tease that changes are going to hit the West Coast Avengers storyline. The vision is back, but what makes him so frighteningly different? And it's the fact that he's a different color and that he was gonna come back without his brain waves. He was gonna be less of the android we knew and more of the android that we would
1: assume. That's probably why they use that word finally to make he's got the red there. So maybe it just looks, like I said, more intimidating.
0: So regardless, you know, he is here. He's present. This is the cover of West Coast Avengers 45. This is the White Vision, although he's not white on the page, but still a dope book, nonetheless, for Moon Knight fans and members who enjoyed WandaVision. So this is the first appearance of Red
1: Vision. Infrared Vision.
0: Infrared Vision as the White Vision That would later debut in issue number 45 of West Coast Avengers. Shout out. All right. Next book on this list, we have Marvel Age 114. I have some pictures of this book. You got to see this, man. It is freaking wild because this book is now being listed a little bit more on eBay, like $20, maybe 30 bucks, because people are catching on to this one. But this book, it debuted in July 1992. Let me take you through some important dates here. ASM 361 first appearance of carnage in full on the cover April 1992 is when carnage debuted then on issue 362 we also have a carnage cover and that debuted the following month in May and then we have his third cover in June of that same year in issue number 363 well 364 doesn't have carnage on the cover and in july we have marvel age 114 This right here would mark. I mean first off a great cover of the spider-man's like rogues gallery of villains, right? But we do have carnage in the back marking this as the fourth carnage cover and Some members may not think that's huge, but for the fourth appearance of carnage on a cover I think it's notable especially if you can find it for a dollar however this is right around the time that Spider-Man 2099 would debut. Now, you know Spidey 2099's first appearance in? I mean, Spider-Man 365. Absolutely. And members are going to look at this spread here that features Spider-Man 2099. And, and they're going to scoff a little bit, right? This is a preview. This is a solicitation. But what is in Spider-Man 365, which is known and accepted as the first... Appearance of Spidey 2099. Is that not a preview? It literally is a preview. It says that on the CGC label. If that is a preview and counts as a first appearance, how is a solicitation not notable? I'm not saying it's his first full appearance. I'm not even calling it a cameo appearance. But the fact that he's on page, how is that not something collectors could get excited about? So the one in 365 is preview. Absolutely.
1: That's how labeled. That's and this is a preview in a preview.
0: It's a preview in a preview. Inception style.
1: Okay. This is a whole bunch of just ridiculousness, first of all. That fourth prince <laughs> of Kava Carnage, I could give a freaking care. <laughs> Jeff doesn't care. Yeah, 2099, maybe. You you like the 2099? I mean, that's a pretty, it's a full-page spread right there. Yeah, that's, that's him, you know. Preview, cameo. I mean, where are we going with all of this? I, I don't know, but... We're talking about
0: dope books that the members can hunt for that are affordable.
1: $4. It's dang worth it.
0: There you go. I wouldn't pay more than that. You know, some members are, I'm seeing it listed as the first cover appearance of Carnage on eBay. I don't know where they're getting that from. I do understand that some of these solicitations may have hit the stands maybe prior than some issues and, you know, maybe a couple months prior. I've heard that rumor before, but I go by the date. It literally says the date right on the cover that it's in July. So may not be as exciting of a thing, but I do think that both of those things combined for symbiote collectors matter. All right. And then let's take a look at Marvel Age 117, just a couple issues later, we have a handful of first appearances on the cover in solicitation. But this cover is so cool, man. I've always loved it. We have three major characters in the Marvel Universe looking down at three other very cool characters, futuristic characters of the same. Right. What, what are we looking at?
1: We're looking at Punisher. We're looking at Spidey. We're looking at Dr. Doom. And who are they looking down on? They're looking at their future selves.
0: 2099 appearances. We got the Punisher. Right. We got Dr. Doom. And we got Spidey 2099 on the cover. Early cover appearance. Sure. And then we also got this guy here. I don't even remember who that is.
1: I can't remember. I feel terrible that I don't remember.
0: Comic fam, help us out. I can't remember the the bottom right character of this page. can see the
1: book in my head. not Night you know, night, I sh- night, sh- night something. Night stalker. Night shit.
0: Night stalker. It's, it's killing me right now. Uh, I don't want, let's not look it. it up. No, no, I don't want to Google. It. We're going to let the comic fam comment down below, help with the algorithm, hit the like button while you're down there. We got to get to, uh, um, Oh, and this is the first appearance of those characters in solicitation. All right, let's take a look at Marvel age one. I think that's the first appearance of
1: Blanca before he became, <laughs> it could be man. It could be.
0: All right. Marvel age One Thirty Seven. We have the first time the Spider-Man animated versions of the characters hit a cover, a comic cover in solicitation. And I mentioned this one because Spider-Man Adventures, you know, the adaptation done in comic form, issue number, I believe it's eight and number nine, cameo in full of Venom from the animated series. That spiked up a couple of years ago. The books still go for like 20 plus dollars. So because of that similarity to like the Harley Quinn appearance being important to collectors, I felt that this was worth throwing on there because if you can find this for a dollar, I'd snag it all day. You got Venom looking all brutish on there. You got the Shocker, and it's done in the animated style, just like the cartoon. I love the cartoon.
1: I could see this as a as a, uh, something you should grab. Okay. I mean, you see for a buck. I mean, you got, like you said, animated Venom. It's a cool cover. Shocker on there as well, Spidey. For a dollar, I bought worse for a dollar.
0: Comic fam, let me know what kind of cheap comic books that you like to hunt for. Um, just when you're going to conventions, looking in those dollar bins, looking in those quarter bins, it's not all about really expensive comics. It's not even all about specking on comics. It's about cool ones you can add to your collection. I think these are all ones that I would grab for a buck if I found them. And I think a lot of members would agree. If you don't, you know, Jeff didn't agree with me on all of these and that's okay. Comment down below. Let me know your thoughts. All right, comic fan. I want to get into comic books that you have to hunt for and travel to find you're putting in those miles in you're putting in those airline miles in and I chatted with Russ he sent me a, a synopsis of one of his last voyages and I got some other members of the community stories here as well that I'm going to share with you but this is a story um, that took place really I think it was last year he traveled to Cincinnati he had to fly down there with a co-driver so that on the way back, they can drive what was 14 long boxes from this person's house. And he said that when he arrived there, he was initially kind of disappointed that although there was an Avengers 1, there was a Marvel Spotlight 5, that when they were taking them out of these very old bags, the color, gloss, and the condition was better than expected. However, the disappointment came from when he was in a room standing with the owner the original owner of these comics and he was smoking a cigarette like he was damn Constantine the whole time and what happens when comics are in a place with smoke they start stinking and that's exactly the situation he found himself in he traveled all the way down there and he's pulling these out and he said that he packaged these things quick you know they figured out the deal but at the time You know, he was pulling out the comics trying to figure out if they smelled. And some did, some didn't really, but he didn't know how severe it was. It wasn't until he packed them up, drove them back to Seattle to really discover that every single one of these comics had to be taken out of the bag and board. It took, what he said, four days to take them all out and to, you know, carefully set them out. And that's when the timer started. They had to be, like, de-smoked. They had to air out forever. A long amount of time. And to this day, he's still battling smoke on some of these comics. Have you ever dealt with smoke, Jeff?
1: Not often, but that that wasn't one of the deals. Like, I traveled to a deal in Indiana, okay? And um, I meet this guy, and just uh, he's probably in his 80s at this point. And this, is, uh, this may be the first time I ever traveled out of state for a collection, okay? I met this guy somehow on eBay through a book. Contacted him go there and uh, he takes me to his house and it's in this garage and he has a massive amount of golden age books Massive, but the dude is an absolute asshat. Okay, (laughs) describe what what made him an ass? Oh, he was jerk. He was a jerk. He was racist He mean he was like literally making all these terrible jokes Okay, and I was like, oh my god get me out of here Oh my gosh, and then we're in a closed garage and he's puffing up smoke like crazy and I started realizing these books think of smoke. Okay. And I spent probably all day. Well, half a day there. I had to get out of there because the guy was just the worst. Couldn't come. Couldn't didn't buy a single book. I traveled all the way to Indiana. Didn't buy a single book. Took my money left. Uh, this dude. And it was just like, all right, man, I just, I can't take you, dude. I got to go. He's gonna so, do it. Yeah. That was like the worst smoke experience I ever had because you guys literally smoking while you're looking at books in an enclosed space doesn't even care. So I'm assuming that's probably what Russ had to deal with too.
0: Yeah, sounds like it. Um, I reached out to uh, our members in the community uh, via Instagram. And I'm going to throw this out there for the community members watching this now. We will be sourcing comments from the comment section of our videos. And our next podcast, we're going to get into FOMO, fear of missing out. And if you have any FOMO stories that you don't mind us sharing on the mic, You can go to comictom 101com and hit the contact section to get in touch with us via the show, via email, if it's like a longer story. I'll read it. We'll probably do a synopsis of it. Or you can comment on the video. But keep in mind, we may talk about it on the show. I reached out via Instagram this week because it's been a while since we hit the mic. And uh, Jernos Comics... Uh, had something to say. You, you've you seen him on YouTube, haven't you?
1: Yeah, he actually almost helped me out pick up a book in, the, in his area like three weeks ago. No he, kidding. Yeah, we actually spoke and then we just couldn't communicate uh, perfectly and get the timing right. But I like that dude, man.
0: Journals, Comics, and um, Pop Culture over on YouTube. Take a look at his uh, YouTube channel. Just some really cool uh, videos. Um, he said that he drove from Sacramento to LA to another member's place to raid their four rooms of 50 cent books. Now that's some dedication. What do you expect he experience? Because I'm imagining that, I mean, like if you're, if you're doing four rooms of 50 cent books, that's going to be a pretty dirty day. Like you have a really clean place, but you're still on the ground. You're hunched over turning into a hunchback. Like you you're, you're pressing up against stuff. Like whenever I go to a con, my freaking knees get all like dusted up and stuff from the hunt, but man, it's worth it. Those 50
1: cent bins are fun. I'll tell you exactly four people who enjoy that type of environment. Four people. Who? One, people who just like comics for cheap. Sure. Two, completists. Sure. Three, people who love to uh, read. Absolutely. And four, those who know that there's value in there because nobody's gone through these books yet. And the person who owns them has so many. They don't even care. He can't even (laughs) like contemplate how much effort it's going to take to find the book, but someone else will find it for you.
0: And you know what, when they do find it, they're like, good job. I don't, that's awesome. I'm glad you found something. You spent a half hour in that long box and you pulled out one book Good on you. Take it. I mean, it's kind of the mentality of a lot of comic book stores that have back issue bins, isn't it?
1: It is. And the worst is the ones who don't have a price on them. And then they wait for you to dig it out. And then they eBay it and look for it in front of your face. Oh, Oh, yeah. Let me get the price on this. uh, Really?
0: The comic fam knows what we're talking about here. That's that's definitely something we do not enjoy. But it does happen. Um, The boy who had seven on Instagram, he said this. He's traveling this very weekend for the first time. To go visit his cousin whose ex-wife's uncle passed away and left her a comic collection. Now first off, our condolences. Um, that's very sad. Um, however, how often is this something similar that happens in the hunt for comic books in that it doesn't have to always be like a, like something tragic like a death, but your cousin's uncle's friend who they worked with has comics. and because they knew, that you are someone into comic books that they got in touch with you. Like you, it's a learning, ex, a learning experience here. You got to make sure everyone in your life knows that you're into expensive paper because the day that someone knows someone or gets told that they have something, they're going to reach out to you.
1: Yeah. Like everybody knows like a real estate agent. Okay.
0: Right. Yeah. It's just like that.
1: Yeah. Everybody <laughs> knows a real estate agent. You're like, Oh yeah. I, oh, I know anybody's agent. They know like everyone knows like five. All right. This there's not many people who know comic book collectors. Okay. Oh yeah, I know somebody. Yeah, let me get you in contact. So the more people that know what you like and the less maybe ashamed you are putting it out there or you're just out there and loving it and everybody knows in your group, the more likely you're going to get a contact at some point. So it's really important to just put that out there in the universe, uh, at least in the universe you live, which is your bubble, mm-hmm. wherever you are and the people you know and just be like, bam, I'm in the comics. Tell me if anything ever comes up.
0: I had a uh, collection that was at my grandma's house that was left from when my dad initially left Buffalo, New York when I was a kid. I went back to visit and it came up in conversation with my grandma and my family. And I'm like, oh, I'm into comic books. I'm like, oh yeah, you like comic books like, like your dad did. You know, like, yeah, it's kind of fun. And she's like, yeah, there's a couple boxes upstairs still. And it's like, had I not brought up The fact that, hey, this is something I'm passionate about, that I'm into, I would have never looked. I went upstairs, two lawn boxes. It was some of the very first Hellboy comics I ever secured. Uh, You know, nothing huge, but like a full run of Seed of Destruction and Wake the Devil and a bunch of 90s stuff. They had some like young blood. There was a bloodshot, you know, zero in there. You know, there's a handful of like books that were worth some money and I couldn't bring them all back home. I didn't have a way to... You know, lug long boxes back. It was just me on this trip. So, what I did is I put together like a stack of books, took clothes out, put the clothes in my backpack, and then secured them in my suitcase the best way I could and wrapped them up in clothes and brought them back home. I mean, you gotta always bring this kind of stuff up. You gotta let everyone know that you're passionate about comics. Spread the word you never know. Um, and you gotta hear this comment from a member in the community. This is Bub Collects. He says, This guy had an apartment. With the house full of comic books that I had to travel to. When I got there, he was playing Mario Kart. The deal was, if I won, he would give me 50% off of the agreed price. So how is that for a story? Not only do you need to be like, you know, on the hunt and know who you're dealing with, build in rapport, because that's really what that's about. You also got to be good at some video games, apparently, because you make it a good deal.
1: And, uh, you know, look, everyone's great at Mario Kart, okay? <laughs> <You're> just, <laughs> we all know how to zoom around corners, okay? You just got to hold down that little uh, top top left button, all right? So that's – anytime you can get uh, some kind of discount, whatever way. I mean, you know, I'm not saying whatever way. I'm just saying, like, if there's an opportunity there, you know, get to know the person. Um, it helps not just to come up there and be like, you know – like you already bought it from this guy, you know, or this gal just. Um, so I don't know. Like you said, I think that's important some, to build some type of rapport and relationship. And Mario Kart, that's freaking hilarious, man.
0: So I have a message from Very Gary, another fellow YouTuber that everyone should be following. He's been on the show a handful of times. And he's going to be on the show some more. Um, he mentions that he traveled to New York. Excuse me. He traveled from New York to Virginia to secure a collection. And everything went well. All right, but he had some points here that I wanted to bring to the mic because I thought it a really good lesson to be learned from his experience because I want to rope this into a deal that you just did. You just got back from San Francisco a couple of days ago to secure how many comics? Just two. Two but comics. really one.
1: I went down there for one. You went one down there book.
0: for one. You came back with two because that's how you do it. But this is what Very Gary had to say. He said that during his phone call conversation, um, he was able to tell that the collector was a serious one. The collector had said that he wanted to keep all of his Wolverine books because he was thinning out his collection. All points that are important to keep in mind when you're doing a deal because it tells you a lot about the person you're buying from, right? He's having a verbal conversation with the person. He also said that he felt that he had a good price point figured out because they were um, trading information on what books were going to be involved. He had a list of comic books that he was able to get. That doesn't happen all the time, right? Like You get lucky if the person's cataloged their collection, but sometimes the big keys or the bulk of the collection will be cataloged and it gives you some price points to start at. He also said here that it's important to have a list and a ballpark of what you're looking to spend on the collection. Try to figure out something prior to making the travel happen because you don't want to come back empty-handed. You don't want to pay for the flight. You don't want to pay for the overnight stay and not get comic books because you guys couldn't figure it out in person.
1: Yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting what you're saying there because there are, some stuff is still tried and true from even back in the day. You know, you want to make a phone call. You want to get that information correct. Right. Okay. And I think I'm seeing a lot more people have books in their collections and databases. I think because there's so many online platforms now that give you an automatic total. Shout out Key Collector Comics. Use code tom 101 for a free two weeks. And that's just something that I'm seeing a lot more of because they, they don't know the values. They'll let, they'll let some software figure it out for them. And then they'll know. And it's easy to forward on. So I've seen that ton now.
0: Isn't it pretty typical, like when someone has a collection? Oh, and Butch is demanding attention. Um, he just jumped on the table, Comic Fam, for our audio listeners. Again, available on SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and iTunes if uh, you don't have time to watch us. But you know what? We're in crystal clear video for the Comic Fam. People who have collections that they're not sure about, there's typically a, a path that they go down. And seldomly does that path lead them to learning how to grade, taking pictures of all the books and listing them fairly, and then going through shipping and t- or taking them to a-, a convention and selling them. Sometimes it leads there. Most of the time, it starts out with, I'm going to see what they're worth. They go on eBay. And they're more discouraged after the fact because they find out that there's different grades. They sell for all across the spectrum. And it ends up putting them in a position to go, I just want someone to take them all off my shoulders.
1: You know, that, that's part of it. There's a lot to it because it's, it's usually a case-by-case basis. But, like, before you go to that collection, getting that information is important. I'll give you an example when I say tried and true because it's, it's been something that people have been doing for a very long time. We have a friend, Gus, over at Silver Age uh, Comics. Shout, Shout out,
0: Gus. I freaking love that guy. Yeah,
1: out in Manhattan. He's got a—or, not Manhattan. He used to have a store in Manhattan, but now he has uh, one just in Queens.
0: Gus is one of the OG New York dealers. Literally, I've heard stories about his employees— standing outside selling comics on the street, like it's a freaking newspaper. Like we're talking like Turok one days. He remembers when he got cases, you know, it's I'll, always fascinating. I'll tell you how
1: is his, uh, account number for Cgc is below 25.
0: Holy smokes. How freaking cool is that? Okay.
1: So if you think about like the starting people who started it, probably have an account number and how far behind he was on that. Like that's early. So he was, uh, he does his, you know, you, you, In the early '90s, this is where when he had this collection, he was telling me about like mid '90s. You know, it was more it was more common for um, detective comics and action comics, school age books at the time. Still, okay. So there's questions you go through because there's reprints. There's the famous first editions, which were like oversized of Action One, Detective Twenty Seven.
0: We've all been there. You think, oh, is this it? Is this the one? And and it's not.
1: But when you ask the right questions. And you find out like the other years of other books, having conversations with people, you start thinking. He he quickly realized this is the real deal. He goes to this house, okay. meets them, and in a uh, inside of a litter box, it's an empty litter box. There's no candy litter in there, but stored in a like a peed up like litter box, smelled is a detective twenty seven, detective twenty eight, detective thirty five, detective thirty eight, first Robin, okay, and like. Wow. Some other random Golden Age books. Can you imagine target. finding
0: that in a litter box? What you would feel like? No, yeah. I mean, oh my gosh.
1: Yeah, and and so apparently, um, at the time, Tech Twenty Seven was guided good for eleven thousand dollars. That's it. I mean, right now, I don't even know what a good sells for right now. Right? Or not even sells for guides for, but probably one hundred and fifty k at least. I'm I'm gonna guess. I mean, it could be off, but like that just shows you how far the market has gone. So like, you ask your questions. You get there first. Okay. And you try to acquire these things, but do like I've been on two, my first two travel trips for comics, I didn't ask enough questions. Okay. Because sometimes you get that feeling that if you ask too many questions, they're going to wise up. So that's, there's that line. So you don't know who you're dealing with. And you might just, there might be no way to to get out of that. Okay. And so, and my other one was I asked, uh, maybe I could ask a few more questions, but the other person was lying. Ooh. Or misleading because there were restored books, you know. Like when somebody who knows knows a lot about the hobby, and they're trying to sell you something for a deal, that's something you should be wary about. You're like, why do you know? Some, why is this a good deal? Okay, and that just that should be a red flag already. Sure. So there's just these little things that you you just need to know when you're out on the hunt like that in the wild. That usually you get from experience because you've been burned before. You didn't count the pages of a book. You didn't check for restoration, and you know, like those are just. Those are industry stuff you guys have to incorporate in your practices when looking for books, no matter where you are, really.
0: All right. Well, with that said, why don't we tell them about this amazing grail that looks so damn beautiful on this table, never seen one in person, Um, and tell us the story. Because you secured a very important key comic book. Walk me through it. We have the first appearance of the Green Lantern from the Golden Age. All-American comics, 16. Hot
1: damn, dude. 1940.
0: Dude, and the fact that it's as low as great it is, the cover looks amazing. I wasn't expecting it to look so crisp and intact. Dude, I, I thought you were going to bring back like a sliver of a cover. And this thing looks, it presents like a VG, man.
1: Yeah, it, it does. It's, it, it presents at least as a VG. It's a gorgeous book, great colors. And let me tell you the story about getting to this book. So I am out of town. Okay, and I get an, uh, f- a text message from a friend of mine who lives in the area. Okay, this is out in the San Francisco area. Okay, and it popped up on Craigslist was an all this all American sixteen. Okay, and it was uh, graded as he put it as a five zero, and then he wanted uh, fifty thousand dollars for it. Okay, if it's a true five zero, that's a, actually a pretty good, pretty pretty good deal. But you look at it, you're like that's not a five zero. That looks more like a three zero, maybe three five from the photos and flaps, like things flapped over, but you can always put them back and you don't know how the spine is. And so, um, I sent him an email just straight up like, Hey, it's a cool book. I'm interested, just really down to earth. Um, you know, you never know when people stuff on Craigslist. So it's still, you're like, try to be cautious. And, um, I just left it at that. Okay. I told him it's like a three Oh three five. I'm still interested in the book. Let's talk
0: and around what time frame is this?
1: So this was just like three weeks ago, four weeks ago. So this
0: whole deal happened in under a month.
1: Oh, yes. Happened under a month. So a week later or so, he gets back to me finally. And I'm still traveling and heading home. And I'm overwhelmed. And I still don't believe that the book's still available. It seemed a little weird and sketchy because it's such an important book. It's like top probably five or six and most important books of the golden age and probably most valuable, to be honest. So I just let it go, and then got home a couple of days later, and I got a text message from the gentleman too, and I was like, "Oh!" And the text message seemed more sincere, and I'm just like, "All right, well, maybe I should reach out." So I reached out to this gentleman, spoke to him, and super nice guy, and we hit it off well. And I just think that too many people dismissed it because it just seemed like one of those things that was just like so far fetched of a concept that this grail of a book happens to pop up on Craigslist. That nobody approached it. Whoa. Didn't get one call? It just feels that way because he had no information from anybody.
0: Yeah, you'd think a dealer or some at some point would, you know, peak interest enough to shed some information.
1: And I know some people did see it, but they just didn't approach it. And, um, I mean, there's a lot of sharks in that area, man. A yeah. lot of sharks. So I was surprised. But we spoke and spoke, and then it got to the point where I was going to – I have a friend who lives down there. I was like, "Oh, maybe my friend can meet up, take a look at the book." Oh, my friend was there for six months, and the t- the day I needed him to go down there, he had driven away and was like f- like eight hundred miles from where he was. Was that Ron? Yeah, my shout buddy out Ron. Yeah, shout out Ron, <laughs> man. He was like twenty five miles from Portland. He was just like, "Oh God, I've been there for six months, and now you call." I was like, and so I was like, "All right, well now I'm in this situation. If I wait any longer, either he's going to get contacted, mm-hmm. or he's going to take it somewhere else." And there's a lot of big stores out there that would, you know, would would try to intervene and take that book for me. So I contacted him. Um, I tried to hold him off as long as possible. be like, hey, you know what? You don't feel comfortable probably meeting a friend of mine anyway. And, you know, we've talked for a qu- quite a bit of time now. Um, why don't I just come by tomorrow? OK, and we will just figure this out. You know, we've kind of got an idea of what numbers we're, we're comfortable with. And then he has questions about taxes. So there's always that. You know, there's people who want to know what to do with these, these type of, of items. And let me tell you a story about the book where it came from, too. I don't, like, this was bought by his dad. His dad was born in 1924, 26. Okay. This book came out in 1940. All right. And in 1978, he, he, he found it with his cousin. And they bagged it. All right. And it's been sitting for 45 years tucked away now. Wow. Okay, his dad passed away in 2006, and he just came upon the box again and found it, and started googling up some of these books. And it was just like he told me, like a reality TV show where you watch it and you find like an antique Hummel or some, you know, some antique in your like a, a wooden cane you didn't realize is made of whatever, and you look it up and you're like, oh my god, it's the real thing. So that's what he did when he saw this book. So obviously when you don't know what you're doing, you see the prices and you just assume that that's the price, that's the grade, blah, blah, blah. So we worked from that, but it was a really surprising moment. And they, you know, it was going to a really good family, you know, just a really nice guy, be him and his sister. The book was left too. And so when I, uh, Convince them that I'm going to come down and I'll just bring some money and we'll, we'll meet at a bank and I'll transfer you some money as well and we can figure this out. Let's just take a look at the book together and we'll go through it because there were some discrepancies of what the grade could be.
0: Yeah, He was hoping for a five zero and you're already going, uh, oh, be lucky to be what?
1: Yeah, at that point, just to s- surmise part of it, I uh, we kind of concluded that he told me that the, sp- the spine was almost completely split, he remembered. And he had a lot of pictures, so he sent me pictures and I couldn't fully tell if it was completely split or not because of the way it was covered. So I gave it as like a 1.5 because if the split is that big that he said it was, it's probably closer to 1.5, maybe 1.8. Okay, he agreed. And I was like, okay, I have to book a flight. Right now it's like 4 p.m. our time, okay? Well, West Coast, we're staying on the West Coast, so it's 4 p.m. I booked a flight for 7.30 p.m. because I wanted to get in there and sleep at the night instead of coming in super early in the morning just being tired. I quickly threw together a flash sale on IG – I saw that for one hour.
0: That's why you were like, "Dude, can you share this stuff real quick? (laughs) Repost this, follow the golden age guru on Instagram, by the way.
1: Yeah. Thank you, man. I wanted to, um, if this
0: gets out in time for the weekend, we're doing a claim sale. And if, if it doesn't, we do a claim sale every single month on the gurus Instagram, but yeah, we got some dope books and you're going to take a bunch of them over right now.
1: Yeah, (laughs) that's right. I am. (laughs) So I, um, I did a quick flash sale for an hour. I was like, you know what? Let the hobby pay for itself here
0: yeah good rule
1: yeah and so i quickly sold like a quick 10k plus books like i just threw out Tell some books you. i was like let's just get them done all right and quickly asked for payment right away everybody was cool because i do sales all the time and you know people there's a it's a great community in ig if you guys aren't out there yet it's, it really is shout out ig comic fam yeah seriously so um flew out and my wife's like you gotta go man it's like 5:30. the airport's like 45 minutes away <laughs> so it's like yeah thanks babe i gotta go and threw some stuff in a backpack, hit the road, and um, landed. And when I got there, I was like, "Okay, I'm gonna get some rest, get some food, just mentally play this out, and be ready." And hit the, and then I uh, got some sleep, woke up, and headed uh, to the bank. I was like, "All right, I got there like 15 minutes early." He was there like 30 minutes early. He told me he was really punctual, so he really wanted to get the lay of the land.
0: He wanted that money,
1: dude. He's yeah. like, "I gotta go meet this guy. This guy's <laughs> from
0: Washington. He wants this freaking." Paper, this is super old. This has got this like green lantern. I mean look like Green Lantern on the cover. What is this guy doing?
1: <laughs> so, yeah, we, I get to the bank. I pull up there. He's sitting there. I meet him for the very first time. Okay. Nice guy he has this like briefcase. Okay. Like this old leathery strappy briefcase. They're in. Did he have a
0: handcuff on the briefcase? Is he doing this <laughs> he kind had, of stuff?
1: He had two hands on him like this, just like heading sitting in a chair. Like, he's like holding it with his yeah, dear life. Yeah. And uh, I was like, "Hey, nice to meet you. I'm Jeff. And uh, um, let's let's secure this little. There's a little cubicle. This is Chase Bank. Shout out to Chase Bank, by the way. I love Chase Bank. Everyone I go to it's is amazing. Bank. I love Chase Bank. And they had this little cubicle we can go into. So we went to this cubicle space. Oh my gosh, so
0: you're doing this deal at a Chase Bank. I'm doing it at a Chase you're Bank. You're looking at the comic yeah, book I in like, there. I, I bank, bank manager's Chase. like, what's this guy doing in there? I got like <laughs> a comic book. I don't know.
1: <laughs> no, I mean, I went in there like I freaking own the place. I was like, forget this, man. I'm getting this <laughs> deal done. I need don't an office nothing. now. Yeah, I was like, I need two pens and I need two envelopes right now. I really did, man. I was just like okay, we're going to take this over. Give us time. I need one more chair for him. Cause there's only one chair in here. Yeah. I was like, you yeah, know, I just wanted to like, look, I'm coming in. I know what I want to do and I know what I'm doing. Okay. I'm not like going to him and ha and like, Ooh, ah, uh, I don't know. You know, cause this is an opportunity guys. You got to understand when you have an opportunity to pick up something, um, don't let a good deal, like don't, don't miss on a good deal. Okay. And like walk away out of spite pride necessarily, you know, Whatever. may never happen again. This is a once in a lifetime
0: type of thing. That's why this is, you know, Quentin Tarantino. This is part of your PC or, you know, what are you going to do with it?
1: Oh, that's same. My PC. So
0: it's, it's a PC book just for the comic fam to, to, to know. But anyways, continue.
1: Actually, I've walked out on Pride, too. So I was going
0: to say, know, dude, just, you straight up told yeah, me, dude, yeah, I, I just, would have left there. Yeah, I, I this have, guy can I've kiss done my that. ass. <laughs> done
1: I flipped the table. So screw you. I'm out of here. No, that's not sure I didn't do that. But I would leave actually on Pride. But um, what I'm saying is just... You know, don't uh, just don't walk out on stuff if you uh, just out of like for five dollars. The biggest regrets I've always had is not buying a book, right? Than, than actually spending the money on it. So, um, anyways, we get there and he opens up this briefcase. It's got these straps over. There's no bag sports. These are like forty five year old bags. Oh okay? man! But the paper, it was tucked away, and the paper on it is like either white or off white to white. I mean, this book's interior was nice. So I, I look at it, and he pulls out like four books. Okay, he had a Superman three with no back cover. Oh, nice. Okay, And a big spine roll in issues. It's probably, it's it's a 0. .5. And he had an All-American Comics 19, First Appearance of the Atom. And then uh, another book, uh, an All-American 9. And then the All-American 16. Obviously, the, that was easily the biggest book by far. Sure. So um, I look at the All-American 19, and all that's on there, I see the All-American 19 cover, and then underneath that I see another cover. It's like, what? And then I quickly slide i slide the cover off of the 19 because it's like three quarters of the cover not attached to anything i was like okay this is an all-american five here's your cover to All and i was like so you probably have a coverless all-american 19 somewhere because he said he had parts so here's the cover for it this is a complete all-american five which is just a worth not worthless but it's just an old anthology book of history stories it doesn't have a ton of value and um i told him you probably have the back cover for the superman five as well somewhere so like I told him I'm not really interested in those and you probably want to pair them up for now and we'll figure it out. Let's just work on these two books because we get it.
0: Doing him a solid, building yeah. some reports. so it's before good.
1: I handle the books, he had these rubber gloves. Okay. He's under the impression, hey, can you please, he told me, can I, you please wear these gloves? I was like, actually, I'm not going to wear those gloves. I don't feel comfortable wearing comics with gloves and nor really should I because I need to be able to feel it and I, I may cause more damage because.
0: Whoa, whoa, whoa. You're not going to wear gloves with comics? Yeah. What?
1: Yeah, right. I'm not going to wear those gloves because I need to feel for any type of changes in the paper, whether it's any type of uh, glue or any restoration. And I may catch something with the rubber of the glove and damage the book more. And I explained that to him. He's like, oh, okay, that's great. I didn't know that. So we put it aside and I just go through the book and realize immediately it's a complete spine split. It's
0: like, okay,
1: "Okay, great. I don't have to freaking coddle this book. I put both covers aside. (laughs) I was like, great. Let's go through the interior. Okay. Yeah, because when the book
0: is a certain grade, it's not going to go lower. As long as you're not, like, lighting it on fire or dousing water on it, like, yeah. it's as low as it's going to go. And that's what happens. You can, it can be a little bit more, you know.
1: Yeah, you don't have to worry about opening it and the cover detaching or the spine splitting, depending on, yeah. you know. It's already split. You know, yeah, it's split. You just move it aside and you go through the insides now. And the centerfold was attached. It was a nice book. It, I was like, okay, complete spine split. That's a one zero. Sure. All right. And I took a bunch of photos online of one O's that had to complete spine splits and detached covers. So um, eventually, you know, he told me one five because he read it on some website, and I was like, "Look, I just got three examples here. I'll show you. I never saw one with a one five. You know, maybe there was some fuddling around back in the day where you could tape your spines back together, and it used to actually up the the grade on the book, from what I understand. But no, not anymore. That's a complete spine split. You know, talking to him, he came with a number. I was like okay and I was I was okay with that number but I was like you know what this is where I want to be and um so we negotiated to a point where he was happy and I was happy and um gave him some money and you'll get into situations with big books too that a lot of people who are uh, uncomfortable with dealing with a lot of cash or valuable items so they actually almost want the deal to be done and they'll you know they'll just be happy to get the money They'll be happy to not have to worry about this item because it's got value and they see value in the dollar more than they see value in the item. So you're doing them a really big favor sometimes with these people. And I've met qu- quite a few now when you get into these bigger items who are just it out of their possession and move on and take that money and do something with it that, you know, they, they rather enjoy uh, enjoy doing. So we got done with the deal, gave them the money, gave them a check, um, you know, said bye. And what I did do because I wanted the deal to be f- official. It says, like, let's use your gloves. So we each put on one glove oh, and nice. shook hands and said, hey. Because <laughs> COVID, of course. Because of yeah. COVID. I was like, all right, like, let's just do it. And so this is my glove in memory of it with the comic on top of it. And, uh, and now you have an All-American. <laughs> All-American 19. I left the, the bank, like, unbelievably happy. And I'm still, like, shocked, you know, like. Spill the
0: beans, man. You're back on the show. All right, all right, all right. Podcast 36 comment fam, hit the subscribe button what's going down.
1: All right, let, let, let's throw in some numbers then, okay? Let's talk about it. I paid let's just say above 20 for this book, okay? Which I did. Below 30, above 20.
0: $20 okay. 30 $1,000, okay? Okay, there you
1: go. This book I feel on a really good day at auction could probably be 35,000 give or take, okay? Then you include, you know, but for somebody to go do that who had financial concerns of tax repercussions and stuff going to auction houses, if you think about that, you know, if an auction house takes 20% buyer's premium from from that price, so it adds 20% to it, and then they take 10% more uh, from you, that's 30% off the actual sale price. Right. So if somebody sold for $35,000... And you take thirty percent of that. You're what is that going to be? Ten thousand five hundred bucks gone. So now it becomes a, an item that, you know, you just now and then all that money goes to you to be recorded through the IRS, which yep. is also another scare for a lot of people. So these are things you can play on and work for to give you um, a good deal on a book, and yet they still get the same money. Mm-hmm. They don't have to brag about like some price that they got online when they really didn't get that number. Right, So we both got to a great point where I was happy with my number. He was happy with his. And um, now we're just both, you know, keep on keeping on.
0: What's the plan for this book? Are you sending it to get graded? Are you going to try to restore it? What are you going to do?
1: I'm definitely not going to restore it. Okay. Um, I'm going to just enjoy it as much as possible. Why definitely? Obviously restoration takes away from value. And all it does for me is maybe add eye appeal. Yeah. This book's got great eye appeal already. So I don't necessarily need that. I don't think there's anything here that needs conservation. So I'm not going to have to worry about that. So for me, I like blue label books. I don't care for all those other colors unless it's maybe yellow. Sure. um, Or black label for or tuxedo label for pedigrees. Right. So and plus, I don't know if I want to put any more money into it because it's going to cost quite a bit to get it graded. So I'll keep it raw for now. I'm sure we'll end up encapsulated at some I want to see
0: it in a slab, man. I'm super hyped because then we can bring it back to the mic and show the comic community. Comic fan, what do you think about this? This is crazy stuff, man. I, I appreciate you bringing this to the table to share a little bit about the process. I'm covered in cat hair right now because Butch demanded to chill with us because when we're chilling with our homies, that's what we do. Um, and we now have a grail in the family because your family, Jeff, and because you're family, that means I actually have partial ownership of this as well. So I'm really excited. When you do get it graded, you have to bring it back is the point. You have to bring it back. I want to see it in the slab. Um, common fan, we're putting pictures up. It doesn't do it justice to see a picture of this book. This is one of those ones where if you go to a convention, you have to go to the dealer floor. We always recommend it, even just to look. This is one that would go behind glass. You know, This would be one that you would have to see through something else. And seeing it this close in person, it's a really special thing.
1: It's an extremely rare book. Like there's less of this book. I've never seen one in person than Action 1. I don't and think I've Tech, ever seen one at a, at a show. Yeah. Or Tech 27. The only ones I've ever seen. And I've seen just a couple of lately of late in the last couple of years. And I go to a lot of shows have been restored. Okay. So I haven't seen a Blue Label one in a long time. And so it, it is a really special book.
0: Comic fam, I want to know your thoughts about this in the comment section below. Uh, maybe Jeff will continue to bring his books from the PC to share with us on the mic. Um, and we're going to end the show today with a highlight of a comic book, one that we've been chatting about on and off for like, dude, it's been like six months, man. We just, every once in a while, I mean, I'm talking to this guy. He's telling me about going to San Francisco to pick up a you know first Golden Age Green Lantern and stuff. But then the conversation will like turn and all of a sudden it's like, yeah, but dude, you seen like, you seen Ghost Rider? What's, 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 what's going on with Ghost Rider, man? What's going on? What, did I miss something? Marvel Spotlight 5, man. Break it out. Let's talk about it.
1: Yeah, like, I don't understand what's the hype behind this book. I mean, I get, I get the character. I do.
0: This is, we're highlighting a book here. We're going to just we're gonna try to bring that back to the mic. Something that we just want to talk about for no reason besides in the dealer circle, we're talking about it. And the comic fam's here and they're going to join us.
1: Yeah, comic highlight, Marvel Spotlight 5, first appearance of Ghost Rider. The
0: Freaking superheroes coming out the gate after the code being removed, like it's a freaking anchor on creativity. And then all of a sudden, the Bronze Age horror gets involved. And then the macabre combines with the superhero to make one of the most incredible, unique superheroes of all time. We have the Ghost Rider, Johnny Blaze. Nick Cage played this character in a movie, and both of those films are anytime movies for me. I don't even care what the comic fam says. They are part of the Marvel universe, and I'm very happy that they were made, just like National Treasure 1 and 2.
1: <laughs> I like National Treasure.
0: I love those movies. I just like Nick Cage, man. Dude, this is a great book. And in a 9-2, you know, you actually brought, like, just coincidentally— you know, you brought these because of the grade. The Marvel, uh, the, the Master Kung Fu, uh, first Shang, first Shang Chi. I can't speak, um, but this Marvel Spotlight was a separate conversation to bring to the table to talk about because this has been a book that just keeps creeping up for no reason, and we're going to get into that. But both share a commonality of the dreaded black cover. It just kills the grade more times than not, and I'm holding a 9.2 comic fam of the first appearance of Ghost Rider. And it is near flawless. This is a gorgeous book.
1: Yeah, I, look, there's no like anything saying that Ghostwriter is going to be in the MCU. The last
0: time people were speculating on this was the Hellstrom Show, which we knew was a series that was made in the past that they just had a debut because it was right at the turn of Disney Plus getting its thing, going, you know, getting getting its traction, and it was going to happen, and they were going to release it. And then likely never do anything again with it. So the hope was that, yeah, we were going to see Ghost Rider and like Midnight Suns and all that kind of play out. But then it was like kiboshed really quick. It's like New Mutants, for example. New Mutants, was it ever going to come out? Years went by. And when it did, no one really felt like we would ever see them again. And I don't think anyone does.
1: Yeah, I mean this, like, I like the representation Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I I don't know if you got to see Ghost Rider either. I I thought they did a good job. I like that. So, I think that added a little bit of heat to this to this character. But as much
0: heat as this book has right now?
1: But, like, this book is heating up, like, a lot of the other books. But let me give you some examples. I sold five copies of this book last year. And I had no problem selling them because I had no concerns about getting another one or for reasonable or finding them.
0: It's definitely one of those books where you're like, I'll get it eventually if you really want it. Like, there's a I think there's a lot of members experiencing that right now where they're like, yeah, man – I mean, dude, you used to be able to get an FF1, a low grade for two to three thousand dollars. And I'm talking like you know a one, oh, one five, maybe two oh, you know, maybe it gets a little bit up there. On the con floor, there's like twelve of them. If you want them, they're there. Good luck now.
1: Oh yeah. Your two oh is gonna cost you probably ten to twelve grand right now. Ten, twelve. I think a friend of mine sold his one eight just over just for over ten just Mm -hmm. the other day. Um but my I sold the nine four a year ago, you know, maybe ten months ago. All right, for I think it was forty five hundred dollars or somewhere around there. Okay, okay. We just saw a nine zero in March. Okay, and it's probably worth more now. Sell so for I think it was almost sixty five hundred. Mm-hmm. There's like two sales between sixty two and sixty five hundred.
0: Yeah, lower grade and selling for more.
1: Yeah, quite a bit lower. I yeah, mean, nine four nine zero, right? Drastically and, lower. So like, that's just showing you like this. Like, I was, the reason, I I bought this to sell it, okay, and I had it raw for a little bit, and I had it graded, and within that time frame of, like, three, four months, this book went up so much, I was like, well, now I have to keep this book, just because I don't know when I'm going to replace it again, you know, I'm just like, God, I I, I never thought I would want to keep it for my collection, because I was like, I'll just get it and add it, whatever, but now I'm like, I... If I do, if I sell this now, when am I going to get another anytime soon? I mean, should I keep it now and then sell it when another comes in? And I, I'm I'm thinking that's just what it's going to have to be. But it's just interesting um, how fast everything is moving and specifically this book. And there's, I mean, I think there's quite a few of this book out there. Obviously not, not nine, eight, nine, eight's ridiculous. It's scarce. Yeah. Tough. Just like the of by nine 32 and Eight's extremely difficult. It's that black cover, man. Yeah, so like if you look at this, this is says here, um, this is eight seventy two, okay. This is twelve seventy two. So let me take a look at the price difference, all right. And
0: you just you held up the um, eight seventy two for the Ghost Rider.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Eight seventy two for the Marvel Spotlight five first Ghost Rider, and the first Shang Chi, okay, is what five months later, right. So I mean, you can look at the big price discrepancy here, and you're gonna see that the rising tide, uh, rising tide raises all boats, for a reason. And you're gonna, we're gonna see some more price increases on the special order of edition 15, especially if this movie hits to way it should hit. And and even if it doesn't, to be honest, there's no reason it's gonna really go back down much. Once it gets to a certain point, things may drop a little bit here and there, and plateau, but they're not just gonna plummet.
0: Well, did they doubled in a couple of weeks? So. I mean, all signs ahead are looking good for the comic industry. We are seeing uh, conventions firsthand take place. You were there looking at prices, looking at more members, hunting for comics, um, you know, being safe. Shout out to all the members who are going out of their way wearing masks and doing things right. Um, But it's going to be an entirely new world that we're
1: going back to, and I'm excited to get to it. I just want to address something specifically that, you know, there's a lot of people who are out here... that are just, you know, always claiming, oh, it's all going to drop. It's all ridiculous. Comics are this, comics are that. And they're just going to wait for the wait for the big dump. And I'm just like, listen, man, people have been saying that for my entire right. freaking life. So instead of like, I don't want to be that person who's constantly waiting for something terrible to happen. I want to be involved in it. And I'm I'm in it. And I'm enjoying this hobby and being a part of it instead of being afraid of it of something and then like all of a sudden you're going to be that person who's been saying it for 15 20 years and then when it happens you will be like I told you so. I was like no, I'm going to enjoy that 15 20 years and I'm going to realize that it's not just going to drop. Okay? Right. It's it's been going up and you know, you've missed quite a bit if you've been too afraid to get into it. Now listen, these prices are really difficult to approach right now and I get that. Right. I 110 percent get that. It's ridiculous for us too who try to who sell it and then have to recoup it again mm-hmm. just to offer it again like it's hard to find these things for value to get to people so they can also approach the book
0: not even including the raising CGC prices eBay fees taxes on eBay stuff increasing shipping prices i mean like we're seeing across the board um it get this hobby is getting more and more expensive however it's also growing we are seeing a countless amount of new people getting into comics by the day if you go just by Disney Plus numbers and look at what Falcon and Winter Soldier debuted at, the highest watched Disney Plus show to date. And if you were to calculate 1% of that viewership having an inkling, a little interest to just Google a comic book, just to see if they wanna dip their toe in the industry, we're talking an increase of over 30,000 people entering this market in the last couple months.
1: It's not gonna take many people to influence this market, like, at all.
0: It's already happening. Those who feel like we're in a bubble, they're just not realizing what's actually going on around them. They're not waiting Thursday nights like I am to experience a, essentially, movie provided by Marvel on my screen at home every single week with another series lined up, with another series lined up, not to mention entire universe that's expanding in the Star Wars realm. We're just talking about Marvel, let alone what DC is doing.
1: Exactly so and if you feel priced out I get it and it just is what it is you're gonna have to work your way towards certain books these days we all did yeah we all did but it's it's different now it's just it's, it's, harder. it's a whole nother a whole nother thing but there's a lot of books to get in there so you got to look where people aren't you know what yep. I mean aren't like the majority are not looking and just put your money in something that's just solid character I mean there's still a lot of value to be had there you know and you can you can do that I mean you can look Look, I'm just looking at X Men Two Sixty Six. I mean, Omega First Omega Red and Nine Eight. I mean, least- you could have
0: bought X Men Two Sixty Six, First Gambit, under a year ago for less than seven hundred dollars. You could have gotten this Static a year ago for like half of what I just paid for it. Do I need to even talk about X Men for Omega Red right now?
1: No, but you should.
0: <laughs> I mean, there's a ten. I, I literally was just chatting with Very uh, Gary about that book being a ten to twenty dollar book for years. Yeah. You know, like, like there are, um, entry books that you can get into, um, invest in. It doesn't always have to be a golden age book. That's worth over $20,000. You know, a lot of dealers and collectors, they start working with modern books or they work with, you know, bronze age books and they look where, you know, things that haven't, take it off just yet. And I encourage the community members to download key collector, to know your Overstreet price guide, you know, and to frequent conventions as soon as they start. Cause you can learn. So you can learn the same amount from those other um, resources that I just mentioned as going to a convention and seeing the books in person and talking with your community members and being part of the comic fam.
1: And you guys, sometimes you just got to work hard and just to yep. find it. And that's part of it. Like the we, all, is real, we all do it, man. This whole show is about
0: traveling. Yeah. It's about I'm putting money down. Yeah. Taking risks, getting you know?
1: value for, you know, your efforts and your knowledge, because really, you know, you're not always there to educate a person. Like that's their job. And I've come to the conclusion where like, I'm not here to educate you. You're not paying me to educate you. Right. I'm here to get your books. You've done your research. Okay. Um, if I need to make an offer, I'll make whatever I think is a fair offer. Okay, we can go from there, but like I'm not here to educate the person and feel like I should have paid more or be judged by somebody else that like you got, you know, you should have given them like what? Like, you know, top travel, effort, knowledge, years of experience. Multiple just, phone calls. Multiple phone sometimes calls. Sometimes with like,
0: nutty people. Yeah. Like, you know, you are you do what you got to you know, do, but you also, you know, you have integrity. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm
1: not Yeah, I'm not going to find some 85-year-old lady who needs the money and be like, hey, here's like 25 cents a book for your, you know, golden age collection. No, you got to be able not. to sleep at night. No, you, exactly. You have to be able to sleep at night. But like, you know, a lot of judgy, judginess going on, a lot of judgy eyes, a lot just Judginess so it's like leave it alone man. Let everyone leave it alive. Let everyone collect the way they want to collect just don't be scummy, Mm -hmm. you know and uh, respect other collectors and hopefully they'll respect your back,
0: you know, that's uh doing what we like to do pretty regularly here We like to call that geeking responsibly, you know and comic fam. I want to know your thoughts on FOMO Fear of missing out. We're going to be coming back to the mic, chatting about FOMO. It's a real thing. We all have stories. I want to know your stories. Let us know in the comment section below. Comment. It will enter you to win a Joker number one, Raph Grissetti trade dress version of Joker number one uh, that just came out by James Tynan IV. We appreciate your time today. Thank you so much. It's been nice to be able to come back. It's nice for us to be able to hit the table comfortably, bring the podcast back to the best community in the world. As
1: always, geek responsibly. Nuff said.